As Oklahoma State takes down Texas A&M, 31-23 in the Texas Bowl, there's definitely a few things that stood out. One of those being, we've got some dudes that like to do some hitting, blocking, and catching that deserve some opportunities at the next level. And Mike Gundy reaches 10 wins for the eighth time in his tenure at Oklahoma State. And this might be the best of all the 10-win seasons. You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl-related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you kindly for stopping by to make this your first listen. We're available on all of your podcasting platforms, visually as well on YouTube. Find me personally on Twitter at AllDayOstate. Today, we were partially brought to you by Game Time Tickets. Do not miss your opportunities. Download the Game Time app today. Use the promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, all one word, for $20 off your first purchase. And as we discussed this Texas Bowl, one of the biggest things that stood out was the boat racing was on. The boat racing began as Oklahoma State goes up 24-7. to And I don't want to say that Mike Gundy you know, took his foot off the gas. I don't necessarily think that was it. Uh, Alan Bowman just got a little, uh, little greedy, which is okay. Guys, what were the biggest three things coming into this game? Number one, the offensive line needed to hold up. I would say that they did that. They allowed zero sacks, and Ollie Gordon did, in fact, rush for almost 120 yards and some teddies. So, O-line, you, d- you did your job against all of those four-star, five-star big dudes. Number two was the wide receivers. Wide receivers were going to have to have a big game because not only does Texas A&M have a considerable amount of size, even if it's some of those five-star backups up front, we also knew they were going to load the box to try to shut down Ollie Gordon. We didn't know that it would equal that much man coverage or some, some cover zero, but it did, and the game plan going in was to let the ball fly, which we already knew. We anticipated... A lot of one-on-one head-topping matchups with our main man, Leon Johnson the third. We did get some of that, but we realistically, we picked on the other side of the field a little bit more, which is why Rashad Owens was able to get up for 164 yards and rightfully so, earning the MVP of the bowl game. Right behind him, you had Brennan Presley. Brennan Presley ties, again, an all-time school record with 16 grabs and obviously well over 100 yards as well. We were able to use him a lot of different ways, which sets us up really, really good for 2024. Um, but let's talk about my Gundy here. Guys, you, you guys know there's no secret. I was definitely on the, uh, I think he's lost his fastball, and he's not going to adapt Hill. I was willing to die on that Hill. Thankfully, he was able to, to dial back in, which is precisely why I definitely, definitely say unequivocally, this is Gundy's best season yet. Did we win the Big 12 title? No. Did we win 12 games and play in the New York Six Big Time Bowl? Not exactly, no. But we all know where this season started. We all know after South Alabama and Iowa State, the direction everything was trending. We also all know, well, we've likely watched enough football or we know enough about football or any sport in general to know that the likelihood of you regalvanizing a locker room darn near midseason, it's like a 2 to 5% chance that you're going to be able to do that. 
And that did happen. So this is definitely Gundy's best 10-win season of the bunch because of what we had to navigate to get here. And all of this, this regalvanization, right, the reinvigoration of the cowboy culture, it's definitely been showing in the transfer market or lack thereof. And as Mike Gundy has stated, Rashad Owens has stated, several people have stated, thus far, nobody's really indicating that they want to go anywhere. Right? We, we have a decent number of guys who have a little bit more eligibility remaining. Right? Unfortunately, Leon Johnson III may not be one of them. And we're still kind of up in the air on what's going on with the Alan Bowman situation. Now, regardless of how that shakes out, I personally, I do feel like that, I feel like this maybe isn't Allen's team moving forward, but regardless. Where I think that this shows credence for Mike Gundy moving forward is there was some conjecture that he was going to propagate the Gunner Gunny situation coming into the season. Well, with Gunner Gunny transferring, that's not even a relevant conversation anymore. And if you have noticed, we haven't gone off, gone after any quarterbacks thus far in the transfer portal. So that either means we're very, very, very happy with Garrett Rangel and Zane Flores, or Mike Gundy is pretty aware that Bowman is, in fact, coming back. That's the only two reasons that we would not go after a transfer quarterback. Now, you know my stance on that. I do firmly believe that uh, a little bit more development will lead Garrett Rangel to be the guy, but we still have to await this decision from Alan Bowman in the NCAA. He said it should take approximately 10 to 15 days before he's ready to make that announcement. And as that, that time goes, it allows us to look forward a little bit to 2024. And once again, it doesn't matter if it was willing or if it was forced. All that matters is, I think Mike Gundy definitely found uh, a new passion for the game this year. I think Mike Gundy definitely found a new way to, to be more involved. Now, does Mike Gundy want to work 14 hours a day? Probably not, and nor should he have to. Which leads us a little bit into the direction for the third segment was there was some glaring things that need to be resolved. Now, whoever decided that this game plan was going to be get it out wide to wear their defense out, it was pretty magical. And if it was Casey Dunn, then shout out, kudos, Casey Dunn. But if you're somebody like a Tim Rattay or a Mike Gundy, and you know that you've had to put in more hours and be more involved with some of the offensive stuff, I mean... Does that give us the warm and fuzzies about Casey Dunn moving forward? It's not like Casey Dunn's job next year is going to be overwhelmingly difficult. You've got every O-lineman coming back. Plus, you, you have the emergence of another Jason Brooks year, potentially another Taylor Materko year. And then the backups on the offensive line, we feel pretty comfortable with. And again, you're not seeing any type of exodus when it comes to the portal. I do expect a couple guys to go, but let's take into consideration some of the guys that have the ability to come back, most of which already have. I don't necessarily expect Israel Isuman Hunley to maybe return. 
But other than that, a lot of our fifth-year guys are likely coming back. Is Josiah Johnson back? Yeah. I mean, not Josiah Johnson, sorry. Um, oh, help me out here. Uh, Rashad Owens, thank you. Rashad Owens is back. We just covered all of the offensive linemen that will back. I think Xavier Ross will be back. Cody Waltersheed, if he has another year, he'll be back. All of the guys who have the potential for another year are either already announced they're back or they're in the process of trying to come back. We only got to see one play of one of our, our heralded freshmen that we believe in, and that's Cameron Hurd. It was a it was a nice, nice route. The ball little little thrown towards the boundary, but he could have caught it. Anyways. Next, let, let me go down in the comment section what you think. Is this Gundy's best 10-win season? Obviously, 2011 come to mind. 2021 definitely come to mind. But this was a big-time year. And I've never, not only seen, but never even heard of this level of a darn near midseason turnaround. That's why I think it is Gundy's best coaching performance of his entire career at Oklahoma State. I just, and realistically, I don't think it's all that close. Oh, I might catch a little bit of flack, but again, let me know down in the comments section. Uh, what are your thoughts on is this going to be his best 10-win season or, uh, or, or not? <clears throat> but I got to let you guys know that game time tickets is the best because you don't have to plan months in advance anymore for tickets, nor should you have to. You don't have to worry about the scalping and all that craziness either. You also don't have to worry about buying a ticket and then ending up in a completely different seat or section because game time is the fastest and easiest way for you to buy tickets for all sports, comedy, music, and theater near you. But guys, the last-minute tickets, flash zone deals, easy way for you to find and buy the tickets. You get to see the seat from the venue before you buy the tickets. And with the lowest price guaranteed and event cancellation protection on top of job loss protection, you know game time is the best in the market. Buy tickets in seconds. Just a couple taps. Bada boom, bada bing, bada bang, you're done. Find exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. They have the last-minute killer deals that are going to have you scored away the best. So make sure you take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app today. Create an account and use the code Locked On College. That is all one word: Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Download the Game Time app today. Create that account. Use that code Locked On College for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. What's unfortunately not guaranteed is that some of the guys that were crucial to not only this season, but this game, may or may not be getting other opportunities. So let's let's just go ahead and, and break this down. Leon Johnson the third. He will always be remembered in Cowboy Country because if Leon doesn't make the decision unselfishly to decide to play the second half of the season, then we likely do not have the success that we've had. It's not unlikely. You look at Bedlam, you look at Cincinnati, you even look at this game. 
Without Leon Johnson, we probably don't have 10 wins. Without Leon Johnson, the third's capabilities to go from third string to the guy at the drop of a hat, knowing he was going to lose out on half of the season, the dude still almost put up like five, 600 yards, 530, 540, something to that effect, in just like six games. Now, preseason, we discussed having a 1,000-yard wide receiver. Stribling was on his way to that. Brennan Presley ended up just nine yards shy of a, of a K. But does anybody think that if Leon Johnson III wasn't the guy from game one that he wouldn't have had over 1,000 yards? He quietly had 86 yards in this game and unquestionably the best catch of the season. So coming into this game, the objective for Leon Johnson III was to do enough to get an invite to the East-West Shrine Bowl, Senior Bowl, whatever. Did he do enough to get that invite? Absolutely. He didn't quite hit the century mark, but he had the grab of the year, easily the play of the game, and quietly puts up half of a thousand and half of a season. Anybody who takes a chance on Leon Johnson III is going to be pleasantly surprised with the product that they get. Unfortunately, the NFL typically only gives you a couple opportunities to make an impact. But Leon Johnson III has something you cannot coach. That is size. Leon Johnson III has something that you also can't coach, and that is dedication work ethic, which is why he was able to put on almost 18 pounds in just a few months because the objective was to get him a little bit bigger, right, work on the hand strength just a little bit, and then he was going to be one of our quintessential NFL pedigree wide receivers that we produce year after year after year after year. It might be an unsigned free agent. It might be that spot. But because he missed half the season, statistically speaking, he's got to get an opportunity at one of these bowls. I think he did more than enough to get that. Same goes for Josiah Johnson. Oklahoma State is not a tight end place. Oklahoma State is not known for putting tight ends in the NFL. I mean, Alonzo Mays was a big-time guy. Brandon Predator was a big-time guy. Blake Jarwin was a big-time guy. But even Blake Jarwin, we weren't focal in him getting the ball an exorbitant amount. So Josiah Johnson coming in and putting up almost 300 and had one of the biggest catches to continue the game against Texas A&M on the one-yard line on a big third-down play. If he, does, if he doesn't make that play, that Texas Bowl probably, probably looks a little wonky. Josiah Johnson proved in one year that he's good enough to get an opportunity. Again, he came in with size. He needed to work on his blocking. And if you want to talk about improvements in a season, on a scale of 1 to 10, Josiah Johnson probably started the season as a 2 out of 10 blocking. Josiah Johnson ended the season easily a 7 out of 10 blocking. 
That's one year. So if we just talked about whoever gets Leon Johnson is going to get a developmental product that might be practice squad for a year or two. Again, my comp there is Marcel Aitman. We didn't get to see enough of what Leon Johnson III was, was able to provide this season. But I think that if you look at the comp, it's very, very accurate. And Leon Johnson III is actually faster than Marcel Aitman. So he's got all of the Marcel Aitman intangibles that were able to keep Marcel Aitman in the NFL for six, seven, eight years. But he's also faster. And we've only scratched the surface of what he can do. I think Josiah Johnson is the same. Guys, Josiah Johnson played quarterback in college. He went to college to play quarterback. And then a couple of years in, got transitioned to tight end. And then comes to Oklahoma State. He has the size. He has the speed. He has the versatility. He has the offensive understanding of defensively where my guys are trying to set up as a quarterback. Where's the linebacker going? What, what zone can I help vacate for my quarterback? So he was already a little bit more nuanced in the intricate parts of the game. The physicality, the blocking at this level was something that we knew we were going to have to work on. He had, We knew he had decent hands, but we didn't know he had so good hands. He's only got one legit drop all daggone year. He's another guy. Just If he gets an opportunity to make it the next level, whoever he goes with is just barely getting the baseline product of what he could potentially be. And then Xavier Benson. Statistically, maybe he didn't jump off. But we all know that what Xavier Benson this year, almost single-handedly, is what allowed Nick Martin to not only be the leader of the team, but if we want to talk about, you know, the pedigree of defensive guys that have come through Oklahoma State, that have been in the NFL. I mean, heck, right now, just from the linebacker position, you got Malcolm Rodriguez, you got Devin Harper, you got Amen and Bang Lamiga, the defensive side of the ball, you still have to make sure that you factor in Tyler Lacey and Emmanuel Ogba into this equation as well. And out of all these dudes that are still in the NFL right now, Nick Martin put them all, all not to shame. But Nick Martin is the first player since 1984 to have 140 tackles. And if you look at the top 10 list of all of the the greatest Cowboys defensively, this performance in the bowl game was able to put Nick Martin top 10 all-time in Oklahoma State history. That's above Malcolm Rodriguez, Devin Harper, Amen and Bangwamiga. Ori Lemon. And a lot of it is due to Xavier Benson. Not only that, but if we don't have Xavier Benson defensively decide preseason in the spring and the fall that things were not going to go the way they did last year, the close nature that this locker room has, it's, it's very rare for sure. But defensively, how close this locker room is would have never become a thing without what Nick Martin did in the spring and the fall. And he had to take that upon himself. I'm going to be the guy 
that eats up all of the ugly, dirty, nasty stuff to allow my guys to make more plays. So he unselfishly did so much better on stretching plays out or being the contained guy to bounce them back in to guys like Nick Martin. He's prototypical size at six foot one, two hundred and fifteen pounds. Out of Leon Johnson the third and Josiah Johnson, he may have the least likelihood of getting an opportunity at the NFL. But if he does, he could be a Calvin Bundage style guy who's still playing professional ball now. It's not NFL. But he did stick around a couple couple years, had a couple cups of coffee or so with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then he's still pursuing, pursuing his dreams of playing professional football. I think Xavier Benson can easily do that. I think Xavier Benson could be a NFL practice squad, fringe roster special teams guy, even at the size he is. So all of these guys deserve have, and have earned opportunities at the next level. So I hope they all get bowl, shrine bowl, senior bowl, whatever, invitations to put their abilities further on display. They've earned it. They deserve it. And I hope, really, really, really hope that they all three get opportunities. Because production should matter, right? And sometimes production isn't just about what's on the stat sheet. You got to pop in the film and look at the other stuff. Fortunately, there's NFL scouts that get paid to do just that. So I don't expect Leon and Josiah and Xavier to completely go under the radar, but a bowl invite, right, is going to go a long way for them. Another thing that can go away a long way for you is money. I hope you bet the over. I hope you hammered the over. And now I hope you look forward to some NFL money-making capabilities. The weather's crappy, but the NFL deals with Handle are not. Right now, our new customers can get $150 back in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. That is 150 bones back in your wallet if your team wins off of any $5 money line winning bet. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there ain't a better time to get in on the action. The app is safe, secure, and super easy to use with a variety of things to bet on. Overs, unders, player, props, spreads, Heisman, Super Bowl, division titles, whatever. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off this NFL money-making season and the Cowboy money-making season because we're going to have more opportunities. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on with Mason Rudolph, Malcolm Rodriguez, this race in the NFL is pretty exciting. I mean, you've got to factor in Jalen Warren, Justice Hill, Tyler Wallace, Emmanuel Ogba, and Tyreek Hill as well. You like your Cowboys, you like your NFL, and you like your dollar-dollar bills, go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Kick off this NFL money-making season with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Anybody, and this is prompted by... I saw something on, on Twitter the other day that was like, if if you don't consider these four schools as the only wide receiver you schools, you don't know football. And it was, I don't know, Ohio State, USC, Alabama. I can't remember what, what the other one was. USC, Ohio State, Alabama, whatever. <laughs> but 
Only Alabama out of that list has multiple Blitnikoff winners. Oklahoma State has multiple Blitnikoff winners. I'm pretty sure Texas Tech also has multiple Blitnikoff Award winners. So how can anybody who watches the game of football not put Oklahoma State in that conversation? Because we are. We're in the conversation with the Ohio States and the Alabamas with wide receiver production. And that was fully on display. Rashad Owens, third string wide receiver. Not statistically, not on the field. Now, he does have a propensity to have a a few drops here and there, but he's coming back. He'll have the opportunity to work on that. Brennan Presley comes nine yards shy of over a 1,000. Dang. Dang it. But guess what? He's back, so it don't matter. The only one of the bunch that puts up monster performances is Leon Johnson III that will have opportunities at the next level. But again, that's another indication as to why wide receiver U is at least a conversation in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Because last year, we lost a lot of wide receivers. So the thought process was Oklahoma State's not going to be able to replicate that. Well, and then we have the year that we have this year. Obviously, that's not true, so we lose a couple more wide receivers. Both pretty highly touted guys that were supposed to provide a lot of uh, a lot of meaningful snaps for Oklahoma State in 2024. But they see the writing on the wall, so they're gone. We return Rashad Owens. We return Brennan Presley. We return Dejon Stribling. Obviously, we return Cameron Hurd and Mason Gilkey and Jalen Pope. I feel really good about Jalen Lucas. It's either us or Penn State. I feel really good about Reggie Grimes. I feel like he's 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 cowboy just waiting to make the announcement. But the wide receiver U conversation needs to still happen because a lot of people don't even know. If he can stay healthy, what what Talon Shetron can provide. It was nice. All right, and here's a couple uh, of things that, to me, just kind of clearly stood out. Alan Bowman had a very admirable game, right? Pumping up over 400 yards. Very, very cool. But as they covered during the game, that's where he started his career. His first game ever was at that stadium in Houston for Texas Tech like five and a half years ago or whatever. It's kind of fitting that he ends his career there. Is it not? Right? I mean, because Alan Bowman is, he's pretty good. He's 10th all time and passing yards for a season, but he's also, or he's, he's top 10 all time, sorry. But he's also top 10 all time and interceptions as well, right? <laughs> so sometimes you got to take the good with the bad, maybe. Yeah, maybe. All right. But on top of that, I think you have to look at it as, you know, thanks for everything you were able to give. Now, I would love for him to come back as a graduate assistant. I think Alan Bowman does do very well in front of a camera. I think Alan Bowman does understand the nuances of the game very well. So I would assume that he has the, the leadership capabilities to do it on the field and off the field because 
Alan Bowman is what Alan Bowman is. And Alan Bowman's always going to be remembered for this season because it, again, is probably Gundy's best 10-win season of his career. But Alan Bowman is, um, he is what this game was. He can do some big things, but if you put the ball in his hands and he's he has to go in your games, he's probably going to throw quite a few picks. So, yeah, he can throw up for a lot of yards, but he also throws for a lot of picks, somewhat reminiscent of like the Dax Garman style of situation, right? Uh, another thing, it appears as though we get Trey Rucker back. If Trey Rucker doesn't get considerably faster, I don't, I don't know, y'all. I've stuck up, stood up for Trey multiple times this season because I love the way he plays the game. But teams clearly recognize he's the guy you pick on mismatch wise. If you want a mismatch, try to get him going deep. Because anytime you get Trey Rucker deep on a wide receiver, 90% of the time, the wide receiver or the running back is going to have the advantage. So, yeah, Trey, come back. That'd be great. But, dude, either get a lot faster or be okay with getting passed up a little bit on the depth chart. It's just my perspective there. Uh, another big thing to me that definitely stood out was we need more help on the D-line. Because there was times that Justin Kirkland looked flat out exhausted. Yeah, he's getting double teamed all day. But there's times at the end of the game in third quarter where he just wasn't, I don't want to say he wasn't trying, but he wasn't making any progress. Which led me to believe, well, okay, you put Colin Clay in. Colin Clay was actually pretty productive. He didn't get pushed around. But after Colin Clay, supposed to be Aiden Kelly, but we don't seemingly have a lot of faith because Aiden Kelly doesn't get a lot of PT. And when he does play, on film, it's not super productive. Defensive end, Nathan Latu provided a lot. It appears as though Cody Walter Sheet is coming back. But we got to replace that production from Anthony Goodlow. Hopefully, Reggie Grimes can come in and help provide that. <clears throat> but we need more help at D-line. I believe in the Deshaun Brown, Jalil Johnson, some of the other guys, right? Obviously, Justin Kirkland. <clears throat> but we need help because we don't get a lot of pressure, right? We're good at controlling AO area of operation, but we're not, I don't know, we're not as deep at defensive line as, as we should be. So we need help there. And coming into this game, obviously, we, we discussed needing a few more wide receivers, but we might need some help at cornerback, y'all. Corey Black didn't really play. I don't know if that was still an injury thing or if he's contemplating something. Cam Smith is pretty good. But outside of Cam Smith and DJ McKinney, I'm I'm a little apprehensive to say that we do have more than enough depth at corner. So yeah, yeah, I, I think I think we need some help at corner. Um we definitely need some help at defensive line, just bodies. Like we have some really good dudes, but we need more more ability to rotate and not have any drop offs. Love Alan Bowman's production on the season. I love what Alan Bowman was able to give us, but it feels like it's just the right thing for him to start his career there and end his career there. And uh, other than that, I'm a pretty happy camper. 
We need some help at the line. We need some help. Probably at corner. Getting another wide receiver or two isn't going to hurt us. This is definitely Gundy's best 10-win season, in my opinion. Leon Johnson, the third, deserves a bowl and a shot at the league, as does Josiah Johnson, as does Xavier Benson. The wide receiver conversation is alive and well in Stillwater, which is another reason why Jaden Lucas should be a cowboy. Oh, and the last thing I wanted to hit on. Is it just me? Or is Ollie Gordon a much better player when he's playing somewhat calm? Like, occasionally, yeah, you should talk some crap. But not every single play, my dude. Ollie Gordon spent more time getting into it with everybody on AM's team than preparing to run the ball. Now, he still put up a buck 18. He was still obviously productive. But after he got a flag for a 15-yard penalty, I don't know if it was him or if somebody got to him and said, hey, cut the crap. But the rest of the game, he stopped you know, getting into it with A&M players, and he was running the ball with, I would say, a little bit more authority, a little bit more purpose. So Ollie Gordon's Heisman campaign has officially started. And in a post-game interview, I do actually like something that Casey Dunn said. This isn't, yeah, this is the 10th win, but we view this as the first win for 2024. Just like the, the preparation for this game was less about Texas A&M and more about Oklahoma State. This was an extenuation of the spring and the fall. That's a beautiful way to view it. But Ollie Gordon said it best. The objective is to win the Big 12 title, be in a playoff, and win the Heisman. Bring the Heisman back to Stillwater. So those are the objectives coming in the next season. Well, you also know that everybody and their mom is going to put 73,000 dudes in the box to stop Ollie. So you already have the biggest target on your chest in all of America defensively. We appreciate you jawjacking occasionally to spice things up. But... Stay more even keeled, man. You run the ball better when you're on a mission as opposed to just trying to pick fights every time you touch the football. You're the best running back in the, in the country. Let your yardage speak for you for the most part. Again, occasionally, it's good. Like, I'll be honest with you. I remember a Bedlam. He was standing in the middle of the field, haunting OU, when the rest of our team was on the sideline during a timeout. I loved it, right? That's Bedlam. We need somebody to spice it up a bit and get underneath their skin. But not every single play, not every single time you touch the ball, you got to pick your moments, Ollie, because after you got the flag and you calm down a bit, you look to run the ball with a little bit more authority, a little bit more purpose. So, yeah, man. Let your yards do the talking for the most part. All right, y'all. What a, what a good W. 